Welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. With me is movie major league super fan Eric Steven. It's it's the greatest uh, baseball movie there is. I th- it's it's my favorite sports movie. I will say the only the only movie that that um, uh, the only movie that sort of uh, ranks up there with it is the the Naked Gun only for the baseball scenes. So, but that's like a, that's obviously stretching it out a little bit. But uh, I will say the poster, or the tagline on the poster for Major League uh, is, when these three oddballs try to play baseball, the result is totally screwball. Which is a little weird, right? There's more than three. Right. Uh, I should uh, point out that the poster itself has the, the three like main um, stars of the movie, base, or, like just star-wise. And, uh, and the th- the th- like the three main characters baseball-wise in the movie, it's... Uh, Tom Berenger as Jake Taylor, Charlie Bob Sheen. Bob Uecker as... <laughs> no, but it, yeah, it doesn't... It, 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 like, amazingly, like, yeah, he's... And then um, uh, Wesley Snipes uh, as uh, Willie Mays Hayes. So, yeah, it's it's a solid movie. So, this was your idea. We'll get into it, but... Uh, we are, we it. are, you and I are going to make a, a Dodger, an all-time Dodger team uh, as an ode to the movie Major League. And we'll explain what that means, all that, after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void or prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. So I got the idea for this episode because we, you and I, before 
the virus had kind of started done yeah. a Dodgers decade team <laughs> before yeah. we really needed filler material. We still did it. And I'm like, well, what, you know, lists are great. They're fun to come up with. People tend to like arguing about them, thinking about that. So we could do a worst of the decade list. But then I thought one, that's kind of hard because how do you like kind of qualify uh, like mi- minimum appearances, like how bad you have to be. Um, and I also, and, it's just, and, like, and it's not, also mean. Yeah, it's also like, mean, yeah. and it's just yeah. like disparaging. Um, but I still kind of wanted to do this because mm-hmm. there's so many kind of bad players or who had a bad time with the Dodgers that are just sort of delightful stories, and we never really, really got to um, lift them up because they, they're not going to come up any best list. So it took some thinking, um, but I just figured out what I, I wanted to do was similar to the movie major league i wanted a bunch of ragtag misfits that you know castoffs uh that no one would actually want on their team but when you put them together and they have a good enough story and you get the right prescription glasses all of a sudden they can maybe win a pennant yeah and so in the movie itself like the the backstory is um I th- what is it? The Indians' owner died, and the team gets left to his wife. I think is that. I think that's you're right. the expert, but yes, R- Rachel yeah. Phelps uh, is the new like sort of owner. The I think I believe she's billed as a former showgirl in the uh, as her character, um, but she's trying to tank the Indians in the movie um, so she can break the lease uh, in Cleveland and move to a new stadium, which is sort of already in negotiations in Miami beach and it's more lucrative for the franchise, more specifically for her. She gets to be part of some country club. I forget. But, um, so she, I love that this is how they like sort of do it. I mean, look, it's a movie. I'm not, I'm, I'm not expecting it. I'm not going to break it down. Like I did Moneyball, where they <laughs> sort of, they sort of insisted that you, you have to fly somewhere to make a trade so you could do it in person. Like, uh, that, uh, anyway, but I'm not, so I'm not at that level here, but she just sort of like meeting with her, sort of front office the general manager like the the, sort of the baseball operations department even though they didn't really name it that back then um she just hands them like in a boardroom hands them pieces of paper and says you know here's here's our who's who we're inviting to uh camp this year and i'm i'm just gonna i i was watching this scene um the other day and i i sort of transcribed it it's very quick but one of the first guy goes, I've never heard of half these guys. And the ones I do know are way past their prime. And then like the, the general manager who sort of gets a little bit of run later in the movie, he has some lines, uh, but he says, most of these guys never had a prime, like kind of under his breath. And then the, my favorite is the one sort of other guy. He goes, this guy here is dead. And then uh, Rachel Phelps <laughs> goes, cross him off then. <laughs> so like that's that's the spirit of the movie. She's the evil sort of owner and they rally behind her and all that kind of stuff. So our storyline so, yeah. is the McCourts yeah. have retaken over the Dodgers and they've <laughs> hired two podcast hosts to make, mm. make the roster. But we have to go over two lists that you generated on Baseball Reference. These are the only players we can pick from. Also, we have a time machine because... Otherwise, our our list is very very small, so we can pick any any Dodger. I guess you you came up with the list, so I'll let you explain the criteria. Yeah, so I think you you sort of came up with this loose criteria, and you had before we had like gone over the like the entire like population of this. You had some examples. I think you were you were talking about. Oh yeah, this is pretty good. I, like um, I think you were the one who came up with one war. Uh, we're using the baseball reference version just because the play index and. Um, one total war, 
or, or less with the Dodgers. So um, if I looked on the play index and if you uh, make it a minimum of 200 plate appearances, there's 238 players. Um, these are non-pitchers, by the way. I sort of, sort of um, you know, got them out of there. So 238 players with uh, at least 200 plate appearances with the Dodgers and no more than one total win above, win above replacement. For pitchers, I lowered the minimum to 50 innings pitch just to get a better sort of sample. And also, um, it gives us a chance to see some relievers in there, too, because maybe with a short time. But there's 184 pitchers with um, with no more than one war with the Dodgers with 50 innings pitch. So that that's our population. And we're going to draft a team uh, from that list. So it, and as soon as you gave me the list, it became pretty clear, like, oh, this this is it. This is the list we're using. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and I, I want to point out, too, like, I just, I made this note, like, and I, uh, you know, we're, I think if we're, if we were doing this, like, in the fictional world of Major League, like, Jake Taylor, um, I don't think he would qualify, not because he was, like, washed up at the time, has been out of the league, he was in the Mexican League for a while. And, like, he fit the movie's purposes perfectly and would probably fit nicely on our team. But his, his like, backstory, he was a former multiple-time All-Star, I believe, in Boston. And I am I would be shocked as a catcher, like, that valuable, who if he had uh, no, like, no more than one war. Like, he had to have had, like, uh, But I, I think it ends there. up working. I have some examples that I think actually fit the Jake Taylor mold perfectly in that as long as their if their time with the Dodgers was near the end of their career, oh, they're putting up one war with the Dodgers oh, or less. So if you – oh, so we're – okay, I didn't think of it that way. That's that's actually, that's absolutely right. So if, you're, if we're looking at uh, baseball reference through the 1989 season uh, with the Indians, Jake Taylor, like, would have been obviously a team leader, but his stats are probably meh. And probably like you know, arm was a little bit shot. Yeah, probably is doing a little creative bad, license so here, but I think it's going to work out. He's probably right at like point eight WAR. Yeah, for that season. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You're right. That's exactly right. Good. Good thought. Yeah. So to give an example, um, I'm going to start. I kind of want to start with with hitters. Oh, let, before oh. we before we do it, let's let's outline the team. Just just this, yeah, we did a similar it. draft with the 2010s draft. We're just keeping it at 15 players, and it's broken down um, eight starting position players. Um, and I, I think we're going to be pretty loose with the outfield. We're not necessarily confining it to one left fielder, one center fielder, one right fielder, and then one utility player can be anything. I, I like ideally, it's probably someone who plays multiple positions. But honestly, it's just an extra offensive player. Could be a pinch hitter. Four uh, starting pitchers and two relief pitchers. And I imagine, just given some of the players, I pitchers I had seen. On the list that we're going to be pretty liberal here, like if a player uh, yeah. did both, <laughs> I have to do yeah. a little cheating here. <laughs> yeah, so it's totally fine, and like, and plus, I and you mentioned this, we're not going to do it uh, two teams with a draft. We're going to go position by position, and then try to come to a consensus on yeah. each position. And if so, not, we're going to open it up to Twitter and the listeners, and you can tell us who who made the stronger case for their player. I like it. And to make to start things off, I, I want to start, like I said, kind of with with batters uh, for particular reasons because I have a lot of very fun pitchers. <laughs> but I want to start with our closer because I think we can give oh, a really right. good example of of what we're talking about when we have a player that would go in here uh, by the only current Dodger I have uh, on my list. Joe Kelly, I think, is the perfect example of a player that goes on this list. Okay, so I I will say this I. 
I don't disagree with you. And I and I I don't really want to fight on this one. He I listed six six players or six relief pitchers on here and didn't include Joe Kelly, but honestly, like I'm only like I I'm only I was only like you know two of them at most. You know, I was just trying to fill in like who I thought. So I, I'm I am okay with Joe Kelly. In the right if everything goes right, Joe Kelly can can anchor our bullpen as we try to win a pennant. Yeah. Story-wise, I, I, we've been over it a long time. He is a colorful and delightful character with plenty, plenty of um, stories to go behind him. And he fits perfectly in the Charlie Sheen role of, of Wild Thing. And that yeah. wears the glasses he, is Wild Thing. Uh, you know, he, he literally broke a window in his house uh, <laughs> pitching against the match. So that's, it's perfect. He has. That's, that's, you're right. Okay. And now I won't. I won't say who who one of my or two of my choices are because uh, I think it'll. I'll have a better way to explain it uh, later after we pick some more players. That's totally fine. Yeah, I just wanted yeah. to get Joe Kelly out of the way as a to me a perfect modern example. Okay. Um, I guess the one other thing I'll say is my list definitely slants towards players I'm familiar with. So that's sort yeah, of totally mid-90s fine. and onward with three or four <laughs> extreme uh, exceptions to that. And we'll, we'll get there uh, in uh, a bit. Okay. Can, can, we go, can we go catcher next? I have catcher. That's uh, what I was going to do. I'll let you start. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> this list is kind of amazing. Um, well, for one, I will just say that if you look at the, the list of players who are, you know, with one or fewer war, the top three players in games played are all catchers. Um, the top three in, or the, excuse me, the top two in hits are catchers, and as, as well as the number four uh, player is. Uh, but looking at this list, there's only one name that you have to have, and it's Bill Bergen, um, who is okay. like the worst hitter in Major League history. <laughs> And the reason I want him on the team is because he, um, like, I just want to see why. Like, we, we have Jeff Mathis now, right, who's a terrible hitter, but, like, every team loves. They all rave about him. I want to, I want to experience <laughs> that with Bill Bergen and figure out why everyone loved him. His his time with the Dodgers, eight seasons. Uh, actually, he might have missed a season or two in there um, or got injured, but a uh, total of um, – 2340 plate appearances negative 5.8 war uh just his ops OPS. His 372 <laughs> 162 184 187 like you that has to happen so like but like i'm willing to listen to arguments for someone else but bill bergen is like the one I th- one guy i think is. i'm gonna relent to you um i i yeah. have a good backup option for my era yes. um charles johnson and okay. I, i'm going the flip side of the two main criteria I was looking for is one, for whatever reason, his time with the Dodgers just didn't produce one war, but I actually think they would be good and would be good on later. Charles Johnson fits this perfectly. Um, And I think storyline wise, the other criteria is associated with the Piazza trade. So sort of unfairly Mm -hmm. uh, viewed perhaps in some Dodger fans eyes. And also the majority of his career is spent in Colorado and in Florida kind of kind of an afterthought a lot of times so people forget just how really good he was he um, is also um has a, a, a sort of a connection that isn't <laughs> with this time with the dodgers because he was like the the piece that would have helped in 2004 
um, when they traded uh, Paul LaDuca in the trade to get Brad Penny and Hesop Choi. Um, that was obviously a much maligned trade at the time. It was actually a fine baseball trade. Like the Dodgers absolutely needed an ace. Brad Penny got hurt. They didn't have good pitching, good enough pitching. They couldn't land Randy Johnson. They got him. He got hurt like two starts in. So like it just didn't work. But they, the Dodgers absolutely, uh, De Podesta, Paul De Podesta failed to plug the catching hole. They used Brent Main a lot down the stretch and they, the catchers were terrible. And uh, that really hurt them, and and in the playoffs too, I think. But um, they had a deal worked out for Charles Johnson, and like I think De Podesta assumed that that was just going to happen, and like it would help fill the gap, and it would have. But then Johnson had a no trade clause, and he he said, "Nope, I'm going to stay in Colorado." <laughs> so like you have to like get your ducks in a row before you do a trade like that. So that that's a little other like what if type of a thing. He, so he yeah. also has a connection to a player that'll come up. I, I have to imagine on your list. Um, mine is oh. definitely on my list and I'll be making it stronger. I, I think I'm, I, I Ooh. can't think of who it is obviously, but like I'm wait, I'm excited. We'll to talk it. about, it. I, I still, I like, I like your reasoning. Well, I think I'll let you win, but I like my backup pick. Yeah. All right. First base. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's my case for uh, the Jake Taylor of the group. Uh, first mm-hmm. baseman. Hall of Famer, High Pockets Kelly. Oh man, okay. So I'm gonna I'm oh. pulling up, uh, seeing if I can find. I had some some notes on him. Uh, Gi- Giants manager John McGraw called him. Trying to find the exact quote. Uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, John McGraw said there was no player he preferred to have in the bat in a big situation, and uh, White Hoyt considered him dangerous in clutch situations. Two, his name is High Pockets, his nickname obviously. Uh, ended his career with the Dodgers uh, in a trade. Uh, was acquired by the Dodgers in a trade for a player I will be referring to later uh, in the podcast. Uh, so I have that connection, this sort of trade connection, um, and also and also kind of um, was voted into the Hall of Fame on the Veterans Committee, kind of under um, some criticism of that. That it was mostly just uh, his former teammates were on the Veterans Committee and they elected him in, and this is his chance to prove him wrong, prove them all wrong. Uh, and on the team he ended his career with. Okay, so now this is like I, I'm not disagreeing with your choice. I forgot that the the um, oh man oh this is hilarious. Okay, so the 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 search thing on Baseball Reference it's 238. So and there's only 200 per page. And when I did a sort, <laughs> he comes up on the second page. I'm like, like wondering why am I not seeing him right? <laughs> and, then, and then actually there's a couple of other guys in here. I'm like oh. <laughs> Like when I get to the second page, but like, um, okay, that's, that's pretty solid. Like I'll say this, my, my choice for first base. Oh man, there's a choice on the second page. It's awesome. Um, (laughs) but, um, my choice for first base was Franklin Stubbs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and I, I don't want to be an 88 Dodgers apologist here but like (laughs) it's gonna come up a lot and um but my case for stubs is on this list um he of all the dodgers who have had fewer you know one war or fewer uh stubs has the most home runs by 16 he has 59 home runs um he was uh you know a starter uh on or at least, you know, it, part, partially in the playoffs, um, a, a starter, part-time regular on the 88 World Series team. So I'm partial to that. 
I'm not opposed to high pockets, Kelly. I I have a feeling like this this might be one where we put it up to a vote. I but think let, so. Let's just, uh, I'm just going to note for now, like we can come back to it because like okay. I'm sure this will get to a point where we have we might do some and it may bar- depend on the rest of the makeup of our team because I think he's yeah. a uh, a veteran leadership uh, clutch I, I hitter. Know, he played he played enough outfield to like qualify. So like that's a you know uh, that was just, a and we're gonna get there when we get the second. He did play a season where he filled in at second, and so this was an area oh, where man. I was considering with, wait, cheating. High, <laughs> wait, wait, with high pockets or stubs? Uh, high pockets. Oh, okay. I'm Sorry, like, oh, I was smoking for my my. No, no, that, yeah. that's totally fine. Because so, let me oh, tell you, outfield is crowded on this list. Wait, but did he play? Man, outfield is crowded, but it also. So I think you have to play second base with the Dodgers. Like, if a posi- we're going to use a guy to position, I think he had to play it with the Dodgers. We could we could go back and forth if like. Sure. No, I'm looking so, it up. <laughs> I'm sure he um, mostly played first with the Dodgers, but I do want to double check. High Pockets did play one game in center field, so hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I okay, I I don't like looking at this. Like second base, I have like the name I was thinking of, and again, this was before I went onto that second page. So like maybe this there's one funnier <laughs> one on there, but like my choice for second base is Bobby Valentine. Okay, uh, and. Part of it is like I I just want to sort of acknowledge that everyone talks about the 1968 draft by the Dodgers is probably the best uh, draft ever by a single team. They drafted like so many players a year. Bobby Valentine was their first round pick. Like he was their number one guy. So like uh, that's a thing. He didn't really do that much with the Dodgers. That's why he's on this list. But like obviously went on to be much more famous after his playing days, managing, announcing, all that kind of stuff. So like there, he's a character for sure. He he. Pro, I'm assuming he comes with the um, disguise kit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like the the team will have that. So like that's something on the plus side. But like again, I I just looking at this list. This is probably the weakest position. Oh for no, me. I it was it was second was the hardest for me to fill. Yeah. So I was yeah, gonna so. basically go. I had a few sort of like loose names, but um, yeah. Bobby V is way better than that. So I'm I'm deferring to you for sure. Okay, so uh, just to say this now, the other since I went on the second, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up two two different tabs now, so I can <laughs> I don't have to keep toggling back and forth. But um, the uh, <laughs> the other name that that came up on this was um, Alex Guerrero. Sure. Um, which like he had he like surged a, his a, career in Japan. A brief moment of like hotness, and then and then you know all the sort of um, oh, you know what? He never played second with the Dodgers. Oh, that's I right. I forgot about that. <laughs> so he's out. All right. I, but also, like, he'd be disqualified anyway because you have to – You're like, Miguel Olivo was crazy when he bit his ear, but, like, he was making people so mad with just boneheadedness in the field that he made a guy bite his ear. So, like, that, that that's <laughs> not a guy on this team. So, like, that's he's like an early – he'd have to have a redemption arc. Like this would be early. Like this was, he'd be like stealing Joe Boo's rum, early, and then at the end of the year, like he he'd be best friends with with Joe Boo and all that stuff. But who knows? Yeah. Um. So 
Next up is shortstop, and I, I think I'm going to defer to you here as well. I trust me. Once we get the outfield, I'm I'm golden. But uh, I was having a hard time finding a great name, and I figured there was probably one from your era. One oh. I'm now looking, and I have an idea as well. But I'm going to let you let you go. Okay, so we have um, uh, this. I, I have three candidates who I would all go to war for. Like like <laughs> if it's if it's any of them. I'd be like totally fine. So, with. I, how about this? I will pick for you. You make your case for the three, and I'll pick the the winner. Okay. So, one, um, Don Zimmer's nickname is the Gerbil. Um, <laughs> he has the second most home runs I, of anyone on this list at forty three. I will let you nope. know. I had Don Zimmer as my third baseman up until an hour of last of research, and then I did okay. switch. So, I, now, I I can hear that. He played a lot of positions. He played shortstop the most with the Dodgers, so like that's him. He also had like played a lot. Like he has his uh, he's ninth on plate appearances, most plate appearances. So like, <laughs> look, he had literally zero WAR. So like he was replacement <laughs> level. But I, I think there's something to be said, especially on this type of a team, for a guy who just hangs around that long. So and is willing to um, you know get in a fight. Oh yeah, and, and not only that, know. but crowd the crowd the plate. He got like dean badly like several times um the other um again like showing my uh deference to the 1988 dodgers alfredo griffin um not only did he hit under 200 uh with the dodgers in 1988 he, he had his, a broken hand that year so he didn't qualify for the batting title in 1990 um i believe oh man i i looked this up recently i think I think he's one of two guys in like the last 60 years or something to like qualify for the batting title and then have a sub 300 slugging and on base. <laughs> uh, and so just a terrible hitter, but like, <laughs> and like the defensive numbers don't even like give him credit, but like everyone seemed to love his defense. So like he was a defense on reputation guy. So like, I, and obviously I'm partial 88. So like, whatever, that's fine. Uh, but then the other only other choice is Kevin Elster. He hit three home runs to open uh, what was then Pac Bell Park um, in San Francisco, and I think that alone is is strong enough to have him on there. Like I said, I, I'm partial to any of these. I think my my 88 bias would lean toward Griffin, um, but yeah, honestly, I'm fine with any of these three. And like, if you have someone else too, that's that's fine too. So thinking. Yeah, well, yeah, let's go ahead and give it to Griffin. Uh, we, you know, we've we deferred yeah. away from eighty-eight. Your eighty-eight bias there, but, but I have I have a workaround for this. Uh, okay, how about we make Don Zimmer the manager of this team? Oh, oh, okay, I, okay. I was I I thought you were going to say third base for a second, but you said no, no. I I have a third baseman. Third I can't get away from. Okay, no, that's that's fine because honestly, like. I'm struggling at, at third base. So, like, um, let's do third base next then. Okay, cool. So, let, yeah, third base. Uh, we need, a, we need a, a Roger Dorn figure, someone who, yeah. uh, l- you know, little, little too rich, little too rich for their britches, maybe slacking off because of that. Uh, and this, that's, this is not f- that's not what this player is, but certainly known for making money. So I'm going to make that narrative, even if it's not real. Bobby Bonilla. Yep. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So Bobby Bonilla is on this list. Oh man. He was so bad. <laughs> wow. Negative. Still making money. More. Still cashing the Put check. The bets. Yeah. <laughs> so again, the only person I listed at third, because I was like, I'll come back to it. 
was Jeff Hamilton. And I figured, I'm like, I hope Jacob has a third baseman because, like, he was bad. Like, but, like, um, again, 88 bias, he's the only, re- that's really the only thing keeping him on my list. So I just, I'm, again, the storyline of he yet. comes back somehow in shape and says, I'm not Mr. July 1st. I can, I am a good baseball player and I'm going to prove it all wrong. Also, and, and also fine with making the major league minimum. Because he's still getting a, a million dollars from the Mets every July, so like he's like, I'm good, you know, like. And you know, whatever. he made that money for a reason. He, you know, had had oh. flashes of greatness. So like, right. Let's get let's yeah, the, let's get him on the team. I, my annual rant against the Bobby Bonilla, like everyone likes to go, ah, ha, ha, stupid Mets, like. But like, if you look at it, the, like a lot of people like don't. I look. I sound, I'm going to sound like an asshole here. Like, like people don't understand the time value of money. I say this as someone who's a terrible saver and like, look, I don't understand the time value of money, like in my own actions, but, um, all that was, he had like a six, it was like something like $6 million or something due to him. Um, and then they just worked it into an annuity. And like, if, I think if you worked it out, I, I think the annual percentage rate was 8% over the, if you, if you do like a net present value thing. That's not unreasonable. Like it's a it's a like high thing for a, someone to for a team to guarantee, but like that's a reasonable request. It's not like they act like he's stealing from the Mets or like that the Mets are so dumb for doing this. But all it was was like it's like trading today's money for tomorrow. And he's like a million dollars a year. That sounds fine. Like it's an eight percent return. You know, if you invested in something, that's a great like long term play. Fine. So like that's what he did, and like so it's not it's it's not as like dumb as people implied as i mentioned i have to kind of fabricate the fact that he's this roger dorn figure when i'm sure he's not i have no proof of yeah. that except for the check but here's here's my final ploy to the listeners if they were going to fight me on this and uh, major league there's the american express commercial and how they get more money mm-hmm. for traveling and stuff like that mm-hmm. how about a jg wentworth commercial starring bobby bonilla for our nice. new dodgers team Wait, and then complete with him, like, completely, like, botching the line, like, very wooden-like, and he's like... <laughs> I need I'm cash like, now. And he snaps, like, off <laughs> off beat or whatever. I love it. I love it every... I love all of it. All right. So now we're in outfield, and whew, outfield's tough. I have a, a large list of names. Okay, uh, I'm glad, because I, I am, like... Uh, I have some names, but, like, man, honestly, like, I was looking, like, eh, like none oh, of them no. stood out I've, to me. I've got so some I'm, great ones. Why don't you why don't you list like two first and then I'll I'll see if I can add two. Uh going back to my pick for catcher, Charles Johnson. Charles Jans- Johnson Charles Johnson has a cousin named Fred McGriff. Ah. You know what? And I think when we were just spitballing this idea before we figured out exactly He was the first we name you came do, up with. Right. We were like, Well yeah, you, you have like what a, but like but as first baseman though. He's oh, did he not play any outfield with the Dodgers? I did not check. No. Uh oh. Oh no. Oh no. I don't think he ever played it. So like we could we could add him to our mix. Well let's I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna note him at first base right now, like as as one of the three and we'll, we'll come back to him. Yeah, and we do have a utility spot that we can give. Right, exactly. So So how about um uh, Korean baseball RBI leader Jerry Sands? And also timely in that uh, he played in the KBO the last two years, and ESPN just made a deal uh, to start televising KBO games. The first game is actually in about three hours from now tonight. Um, now, now, Jerry games. Sands is in um, 
under contract uh, in um, NBB in Japan right now. now. Yes, but he but did the last, lead the, the league. last two years. Yeah, he was in KBO. Yeah. So I thought that storyline would be great. The prodigal son comes back having uh, raked in Korea and trying to prove his worth there. And yeah, I have no idea why I thought Fred McGriff played some outfield. I don't know where that yeah. came from, but he'll be on utility. Um, I, filling yeah. the Willie Mays Hayes slot, I'll give you one more name, Roger Cedeno. I like Cedeno a lot, especially because when I first started playing a PC video game in college, um, when I had my first computer that was like, cost like two grand and it weighed like a thousand pounds. Um, uh, Roger Cedeno stole like hundreds of bases for me in that game. It was like <laughs> him and Chad Fonville running wild. Um, so I, I'm I like it. I, I'm I'm taking these in. I do okay. So I, I, I have give, two more names for you if okay. when you're ready. But go ahead and and throw some out yourself. Okay, so a couple. Um, now, Mickey Hatcher is a name I listed. I'm not that married to. Obviously, he was a World Series hero in '88 again. He played first and left that year. He barely played like in the regular season. He he was a multiple stint Dodger. Um, he would qualify in the outfield. I'm just listing him as a name. The one name that I'm like, I would love to have on this team is Eric Davis. Okay, um, make your case. Bec- because of the promise like that he had. Like he and Strawberry were both from uh, Los Angeles. Both like came home and it, they just. I had. I still. I had the. I wish I still had it. It's the poster the, of Triple Threat. Uh, the outfield of Eric Davis, Brett Butler, and Daryl Strawberry heading into 1992 season. Uh, outside of Butler, they all sucked, and the Dodgers <laughs> lost, lost 99 games that year. It was just a crushing disappointment. But also, he was dealing with injuries, and then he actually rebounded later, and he even overcame cancer after that. Um, and like Eric Davis in his prime is like one of the best baseball players I've ever seen, and just natural athlete like the. Maybe the best power speed combo in the history of the game. I know that sounds maybe blasphemous, like because Willie Mays is probably better, but like he was crazy in the '80s. Like he he literally has a well, I believe still he I think he's the only guy unless Bonds did it. Uh, he was he had a, a year that he had 37 home runs and um, 50 RBIs or 50, <laughs> 50 steals. Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but also my, my favorite year of him, uh, yeah. So like he was he was nuts. Um, I'm looking the year. Okay, Bonds did it too. Bonds had 33.52 in 1990. But yeah, Eric Davis was crazy. He my my favorite Eric Davis stat. I forget the exact dates, but it was sometime from July to 86 to July 87. In a 162 game stretch, he he hit 48 home runs and stole 96 bases. <laughs> He he had a twenty seven home run eighty steal year, like just insane numbers. Like he was obviously hurt all the time, so and so I think there's like you he's sort of someone to root for. So like of all these guys, I would fight for him the most. But like okay. yeah, yeah. So I have two more names. One of which okay. I think uh, we should. It was actually I think the first name I came up with uh, yeah. to make possibly make this list uh, as a sort of um, reconstruction project. Andrew Jones. Oh man, so he's on here, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, of course he, he is. is another second pager because to be. we were about to record, and I'm like, I know Andrew. I looked it up. Andrew Jones is on there. Why isn't on this list? And he is also a second pager. Yeah, 
So yeah, you're right. And um, he was bad. Speaking of bad, no, yeah, just com- completely terrible. But prior to that, you know, an ex- yeah. like Hall of Fame worthy player. Yeah, uh, I, I I like where this is going. Um, the the I have two more names and oh man, uh, and I my, Kurt, I've held back my strongest name. Oh yeah, so we're we're fine. But I I just want to say so the one that's like stood out that I don't I know nothing about. So this is more an acknowledgement more than anything. And it's maybe not necessarily my endorsement of him, but um, Cal Abrams, okay. uh, ni- 1949 to 52. So he played on the boys of summer teams, but like he was a part-timer, barely played. He had a 387 on base percentage, almost no power, but like that's the third highest on base percentage of anyone in this group. Um, I just wanted to note that mm-hmm. the, the guy that I would, would kill for and like sort of like half-heartedly is Mike Kincaid. Um, because, well, A, uh, so he was, I think he, yeah, so he, um, he got, so we think like Justin Turner and like, um, on the, uh, former Dodger minor leaguer and then, and major leaguer, uh, and then current Diamondback Tim Locastro gets hit a lot. Uh, Mike Kincaid in his Dodger career, parts of two seasons, 2002, 2003, um, 251 plate appearances, 22 hit by pitches um so i i like he's he is probably our dorn um out you know outside of like the star factor and possible future owner factor um but yeah i like his ability to get hit by a pitch uh so if if we have a spot um i'd like to consider him for it but that i think that we've listed enough names here that he's not going to make our outfield all right, now how? Uh, and I again, I my my other than certainly my the hitter, the hitter that I'm going to make the strongest case for. Yep. What if I told you we can get a player on here that is a Hall of Famer, yep. played 16 years in LA, and is in the same group for a good thing as Pete Rose, Ty Cobb, Julio Franco, Hank Aaron, Derek Jeter, Ichiro Suzuki, and Stan Musial. I look. You don't have to sell me any more than saying, you know, Julio Franco. So, like, uh, and I'm actually intrigued on who this is going to be because it didn't pop out. And I, I'm, uh, yeah, so I have no idea. Who, who, do, who are we talking here? Jigger Stats. Oh, classic. So, I don't remember what this was from. So, I think when the Dodgers had the 100th anniversary uh, in 1990, they officially recognized 1890 as their starting year, even though they started in 1884. That's when they joined the National League, but. There was some, um, they had a lot of programming and like it was on like an alternate station. It wasn't necessarily on the KTTV uh, back then. I remember it being on like one of our sort of other stations, but they, they had like a, a weekend or something where they had all, all sorts of cool like videos and stuff. And I remember there's one of them and I just have it in my head of like Vin Scully saying the name Jigger Stats and I didn't really know much about him. <laughs> But like that's such a great name too. Well, yeah. And, also, it's just an incredible name. Uh, also, if we if we flash back to our old spring training record days, um, it's stats with a Z. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's like our good friends at the sports bar in uh, in Arizona. 
So, wow. So that's to, to explain sucks. my preamble a little bit before people get really confused. because Wait, he, why 16 years? Ah, uh, I was going to explain. I, I was very yeah. careful with my wording, if you yeah. notice. He's a Hall of Famer in the Pacific Coast League, so he's not a ah. Major League ball, uh, Hall of Famer. He played 16 years in L.A. for the Los Angeles Angels in the Pacific ah. Coast <laughs> League. Um, and he has 4,000 hits if you count minors and majors. Um, and Whoa. if we're also right. counting... Uh, NPB as uh, either a major or a minor league. Uh, the players I listed alongside him are the only eight players to have amassed 4,000 hits. Like, I, I think that's probably enough to, like, at least make him the third outfielder for me. So, like, I, I'm I'm willing to just put him in for sure, and I think we should are we you have enough the other here two? to figure out. So, like, I think of the ones you named... I think, do you think it would be fair, do you think, like, just having the, the go, playing on the talent upside, uh, and, and obviously not what they did with the Dodgers, but if we just went Andrew and Eric Davis, or are you, I'm are fine you super with that. married to, like, Sedano and Sands? I, I'm fine with that, and we still have a utility spot, and I only have one more name to throw into the to the mix yeah. there. Okay, so I'm, I'm just noting for now, so our outfield tentatively is andrew jones eric davis and jigger stats i just that's fun to say okay (laughs) um so do you have anyone else so we have the outfielders we have the first base dilemma and i have one more name that i wanted to throw into the utility role uh do you have any more you want to throw in i have two people listed um uh trent hubbard um and i remember him when he was playing as trinidad hubbard and I think he changed, like they changed that later, but um, I'm, I'm not holding that against him or anything. I'm just noting. Uh, but of this group, um, I, I I have to I keep forgetting about that those second pagers. Oh yeah, okay. So um, uh, there's a player named Eddie Wilson uh, who was mostly in the uh, who was an outfielder in the 30s. He has an 8.44 OPS. That's the highest of this group. Uh, Trent Hubbard has the second highest. 799. They both played in high offensive eras, but 98-99 with the Dodgers. Uh, 799. Uh, um, Trent Hubbard played center field, uh, left field, right field, catcher, uh, although that was very briefly, and then second base and third base. So I, I like him at utility, but like again, it's Trent Hubbard. Like I'm not going to like fight if we don't want to have The only other person I listed was Jose Gonzalez. It's an 88 thing. Also, he last week, if you remember, he scored the winning run as a pinch runner in the first game I can remember going to at Dodger Stadium. That 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 would be his role on this team. He would probably never bat. He'd be our pinch runner. Uh, I don't know if we can afford doing that if we have a 15 man team. But like that that those are like the only two names I really have. But I think some of the other options are like especially with our first base log jam i think we should probably use it here so i i I think the people we have jammed up are probably more worthy but i did want to mention one more player from my era that i think at least deserves consideration uh is he Choi. oh man and again forgot he was on this list yeah (laughs) yeah uh, fan yeah. fan favorite had all while his while with the Dodgers had a big comeback story uh, where he was again t- unfairly tied to a, uh, an unpopular trade and then I, I don't remember if you remember his coming out party it wasn't in 2005 it was in 2004 
uh, where he drew a walk in the um, the Steve Finley game, and the yeah, fans just go crazy, rally. crazy, yeah. uh, and uh, where the Hesop Choi chant really kind of came into its own. And he had the three homer game. He had like six home runs in three games. Yeah, and I was I went to the game the middle. It was against the Twins, and I was at the middle game where he hit the longest home run he hit in that span. Uh, yeah. He had a really uh, well known a grand slam. Another game I was at, so I have a deep personal connection to Hisop Choi. Also, just a very good baseball player. I just never quite put it together while while in the majors. Had a very successful um, KBO career uh, before and after. Um, so definitely someone I think that, given enough managerial support, could be an extremely effective hitter. Yeah, so I'm willing to like forego Stubbs and just leave him off. So I think now, if we make if we make first base, um, let's let's make first base McGriff. Okay. Okay. And then, and then so utility comes down to. High pockets, Kelly, and he stopped Choi. Oh no, you can't make me. Yeah, think. <laughs> right. Like so, that this is a like a tough spot. So we, you know, we our, probably could have two bench rolls <laughs> if we want to stretch it. Let, let's let's see. What we got so okay. I like this though because it's a righty versus a lefty. So let's just look at the team. So uh, uh, let's see, Bill Bergen. Uh, oh, it doesn't doesn't say on here. Dang it. Okay. It's harder to look up than I, I can't imagine. He who was a left-handed hitting catcher back then? Okay, so Bill. Well, first of all, Bill Bergen. We're gonna always pinch hit for him, but he's he's right-handed. Um, we we actually can't pinch hit for Bill Bergen because we don't have another catcher. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so let's see, Bobby Valentine. Um, he's right-handed. Uh, Bonilla was a switch hitter, so that gives us some. <laughs> Flexibility. Uh, flexibility. <laughs> McGriff obviously left-handed. Uh, Alfredo Griffin, I he was a switch hitter, but obviously terrible. Um, Andrew and Eric Davis are right-handed. Our good friend Jigger Stats, one of, the, <laughs> one of the great names. He's a right-handed. I think I think we need a lefty here. All right. Um, so uh, if McGriff is our guy, I think we go Hesop Choi here. Okay. Uh, I I will we'll throw this this will be the hitter question to the to uh twitter users um yeah. amongst those three first basemen uh which two make the team uh of uh, oh mcgriff Choi, and high pockets kelly yep okay so twi- listeners let us know who you think get gets the nod here yeah so, so now we just have to figure out the pitching staff. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're this has been so much fun. We're gonna we're gonna do a little commercial and then we'll come back. Oh, and, oh, be, whoa. Be, before we do the commercial, I have to send you into the commercial. Oh, with, with a, a trivia, trivia question. question. All right. Okay, so as you noticed, I there I was trying to cram as many 1988 players <laughs> I as I could noticed. here, <laughs> and also because there's a lot of them on this list, <laughs> which um, is really funny, right? This Bollywood right. great team that the current Dodger teams, which are arguably just much better, are trying to chase the glory of the '88 team, and just how many bad players were on this team. Now, for so my trivia question is, and I was act, I will tell you this, I was kind of shocked by this answer. Um, I don't know about shocked, but like I, it was like okay, so surprising. But I'll say the trivia is: how many postseason starts did players on either of these lists, pitchers or position player, pitchers and position players, uh, how many how many postseason starts did they make for the Dodgers in 1988? All right, we'll be back after this. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I do like these number trivia questions because I can just throw out a stupid guess. Yep. So this, to, to be clear, this is not the number of players who made a postseason start. It's the number of starts accumulated. Number of by total them. starts in 1988 by these players. All right, so let's see. Um, da, 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 uh, uh, I'm trying to remember like how many games total the playoffs went to. Uh, and the Dodgers. It. I'll tell you this: the Dodgers played 12 games. Okay, that's seven. That's, seven in the NFC, five, five yeah. in the World Series. I, yeah. I, I got there correctly. That makes me. I, they say, uh, I should give credit. Come on. Um, yeah. So t- you get a half a point. <laughs> Although we've never scored this, so like, so it's twelve sure. times nine, one hundred and eight well, is the total to the total number that that it could be. But then, you, but then you remember Oral Hershiser yeah. had more than one war, so like, <laughs> you start subtracting out. Yeah. Um. Sixty-seven. You, I shouldn't have said something because you overshot it. Like, and it makes my the real answer like <laughs> look puny. But I'll say it's it's forty five. No, that's yeah, um, that's still the same ballpark. We're good. So like, but there, are eight players on this list. Uh, <laughs> I know. Actually, I'm sorry. Not nine. Oh wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ten players on this list <laughs> played for the 1988 Dodgers. Uh, Ken Howell, the pitcher, um, did not, um, did not play in the playoffs. Chris Gwynn didn't play in the playoffs. I believe that was his rookie year. Um, Two players didn't start. The aforementioned Jose Gonzalez. He played in nine of the 12 games, though, mostly as a pinch runner and pinch hitter and defensive replacement. In the outfield, Tracy Woodson played in seven games, never started. Uh, going back from the the lowest amount of starts, Danny Heap started once. He started DH in game four of the World Series in Oakland. He played in six games. Mike Davis, a Ballyhooed free agent signing that year, who, hit, who averaged like over 20 home runs a season the previous three years with Oakland. He hit two home runs and hit like 187 with the Dodgers. But he had the famous walk, so all is forgiven. He started three times, all in Oakland in um, the World Series. He played in eight games. Uh, Franklin Stubbs, who I was trying to jam in at first base, <laughs> he made six starts. He started game one of the NLCS and then never again in that series. And then he started all five games of the World Series. Uh, he played in nine games. Uh, Mickey Hatcher who took over for Stubbs at first base in the NLCS and then moved to the outfield when Kirk Gibson couldn't play in the World Series. He started 11 times. Um, and then the two players who made 12 starts, um, Alfredo Griffin, who, who again, I was uh, we got in it short, and Jeff Hamilton, 
who started all not only all 12 games he played every inning that postseason um so yeah that's that was that's a prolific team uh it's crazy but before we move on to the pitchers i just wanted to say i was just looking over this list so just a couple names that uh i think we have to mention glenn burke originator of the high five is on here um and then uh let's see so you like elion herrera another like classic like like unheralded utility guy in recent years. Mark Loretta had a walk-off single in the 2009 playoffs. Jeremy Burnitz, who I seem to always forget was a Dodger briefly. <laughs> uh, and like, yeah, just, there's a ton of players. Like Jason this Phillips. This. I, I kinda, yeah. I kind of love it. Yeah. Oh, I think he was one of the ones we were mentioning last week because we were trying, I was trying to make the case that he, he needed to be on the team because of the goggles. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, the, but yeah, ultimately I think Bill Bergen is a better choice, but yeah. So, I like where we're at so far. Now, now let's hit up the pitching. Okay, so do you want to start? Let's start with starters. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, do you want do you want to start us off? Yep. Uh, the one the one name that leapt off the page to me um, is Kazuhisa Ishii. Mm. Um, he was a a very ballyhooed signing um, with the Dodgers, and like he he started off really well. I think he won like his first six starts. If I'm not mistaken, I didn't look this up, so don't don't quote me. But then he just complete like he was walking guys, and then like he just sort of fell off the cliff and just sort of like uh, he pitched for them for three years, and he wasn't like I guess he probably wasn't like terrible, but he walked so many he was pretty bad. But like <laughs> um, his I, I like his winning percentage is five ninety. He won thirty six games in three years. Obviously, you know you don't measure pitchers like that. A 93 ERA plus, very serviceable. Um, he's He has the third most wins on the list. Um, I just remember, he was always yeah. the starting pitching when I went in that, that early aughts era. It always, nice. He was always going. He was the starter in the Milton Bradley um, water bottle game, which oh. a game I went to. Uh, so I I have very fond memories of him. Yeah, I remember, and again, I, this was so young into my really following Dodgers uh, career. I remember him being way better, probably because he was in so many starts that I I fondly remember. One of the first uh, spring trainings I ever went to, and this was a pro- uh, at least it was probably six or seven years after he left the team. Uh, there w- I saw like a random fan in a number seventeen Kazuhisa Ishii <laughs> jersey. And I was like, "How did you ever buy this?" Like, but yeah. So he has the fourth most innings on this group, four seventy three, eighty six starts, also third. Um, so like, he's sort of the one, the one that jumped out on the page. I just wanted to mention first, but I'm sure we'll be like debating it. So go ahead and name a couple if you want. So I have. I'm. I'm gonna save one uh for a little bit later because it involves me reading it's almost gonna be a dodges rewind i've got a <laughs> saber biography project um story to go with it uh how about another sort of a recent dodger uh dan heron he is on my list as a like a sort of a secondary choice but like as part there's a lot of guys around him who are like in that same vein i like everything about him post retirement uh pretty active on twitter very funny Sort of, um, sort of embraces his role, which I think fits in the the mode of major leagues as a, a pitcher who's who's losing the, some velocity and trying to make it work. Also, yeah, also has the quirkiness of like uh, famously like never eating fish or never even like trying it. <laughs> um, 
So like, yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I don't, it's not a tough sell to add him to my list. So yeah, that, that's a, that's a solid pick. Uh, you give me one more and then I'm going to do my, my story. <laughs> okay. So the, the other one I wanted to add, and he, he wasn't necessarily that good. Alan Foster. Okay. Um, he pitched for the Dodgers in, uh, I want to say, yeah, so the late 60s to 1970. He was a pretty valued prospect. He just didn't really work out. He 88 ERA plus in in his time there, so wasn't terrible. And actually, he pitched mostly in relief. Oh, no, I'm sorry, mostly starting. I, I looked at the wrong call. Um, but the reason I have him on this list, he was the one who gave up um, the, I believe, the the Willie Stargell home run that went out of the stadium mm. or the first, I think the first one. So that, that's why he's on my list. So like, I think I envision in a major league scenario where he's like walking into camp and everyone's like, Hey, isn't that the guy who gave up? And then like that, that's sort of his story, like in the thing. So like, yeah, that that's why I have him on my list. All right. So I actually have two players that require uh, a little yep. bit of stories to explain. Um, That's both podcaster four absolutely so. so here we go this is, this is from the uh, saber biography project uh the first person i have let's see if i can get his real name in here walter william beck uh he has mm-hmm. a much more known for a nickname which i'm going to explain here uh let's see uh this is about this is in regards to the 1934 season getting started to compensate for his loss of velocity and trouble pitching at left-handed hitters beck attempted to develop a knuckleball it did not work he was regularly pounded by the opposition, and even on the few occasions when he did pitch well, he was smacked around by left-handed hitters. Uh, a little bit later in this biography, the season started well for Elmer the Great. One of his nicknames, but not the one that stuck. Through his first six, uh, through his first, <clears throat> excuse me, though his first start ended in a tie, which won a tie, he held Boston to a single run through seven innings. However, the next six weeks did not go as well. He lost four <laughs> times gave up over 12 earned runs per game, and only once did he survive as many as four innings. Assessing Beck in early July, uh, um, Tommy Holmes, uh, e- Brooklyn Eagle writer Tommy Holmes Limited, Beck's performances have been worse than anybody thought they could be. In early June, Beck was demoted to the bullpen, um, but in the in the bullpen, he uh, through six appearances, he only gave up six runs in 14 innings. And as a reward... Um, Stengel decided to give Beck a start in the second game of the July 4th doubleheader against Philadelphia. It would become a fateful decision. <laughs> Beck's first start in more than a month didn't last long. Facing only eight Phillies, he gave up three hits, walked three, and allowed three runs in only two-thirds of an inning. Stengel had seen enough. Anticipating Beck's reaction, Stengel remained in the dugout and instead instructed his catcher, Al Lopez, to inform Beck that his afternoon was over. Meanwhile, from the dugout, Stengel waved in a relief pitcher. What? 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 How? What week is that? By the way, just was that more common? Do you know? Uh, wait. Oh, the manager just it, changing a pitcher without even leaving the dugout, making the catcher do it. That's a good question. <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, I don't. You know, they had more player managers back then, so it's a little different. But like, that's fair. That's. I don't know. Like, I'll say this: Al Lopez did end up being a manager, so maybe he had like. Al Lopez um, appears later in my in one of my players' okay. lists. So nice. Um, so as expected, Beck was furious. Rather than handing the ball to Lopez, uh, and now this is a quote. I'm not sure from where. Uh, Beck threw perhaps the best fastball he has thrown this season up against <laughs> the right field fence. 
The ball hit the tin facade with a thunderous boom. Meanwhile, several feet away, right fielder Hack Wilson was dozing with his back to the field. When he heard the boom off the wall, Wilson instinctively rushed to retrieve the ball, turned and fired a perfect strike to second. The crowd howled at the sequence. Soon after, an amused reporter labeled Beck Boom Boom. And for the rest of his life, Elmer the Great was known as Boom Boom Beck. Elmer the Great is so good. So Boom Boom um, Beck is, is, is one I, I, I lift up. I, I like I like that everything about that story. He's like so like old timey Trevor Bauer, uh, maybe without like the harassment online. Um, so, but I like the fact that too that we went through the entire offensive list and never once brought up Wilson Bediment, uh, which was like uh, surprising. We could have we could have had a team with two boom booms on it. Um, so he is. I, I'm I'm penciling him in. I'm just just noting because that's a great story. I like it. Um, so I, I'm just tentatively putting him as one of our pitchers, starting pitchers. So I like it. Do you have another name? Because I have another big story to do. <laughs> so since your guy is Elmer the Great, I will note that one of the, one of the names I list they listed on here was Elmer Descends. Ah, um, a, a classic, classic. Um, loved him. like overperforming, <laughs> like multiple role guy. He only started eight games with the Dodgers, but he, uh, if we're he and Almeida signs were just kind of like tied in my memory as like yeah. the same kind of like always doing always yeah just like overachieving is the right word yeah and like and would do like just about any role he he had a one thirteen ERA plus like that is tied for eighth on this list um, and like in a you know he pitched one hundred eight innings so of all the guys with over a hundred innings the best ERA plus on the list. So, like, that counts for something. Um, I just, you know, maybe he doesn't make the staff, but I just thought it was fitting that I did list him, and since you had your boom boom was Elmer the Great, uh, I just thought Elmer Descends uh, would be a nice little mate for him. All right, here we go. This is, I think, Mm -hmm. the best name on either list. Do you know where I'm going? Okay. Uh, Honestly, I don't, but, like, I just love the fact that we've already gotten Jigger stats and boom boom (laughs) back. And, and there's someone who with a better name. So, so yeah, uh, Frederick Mitchell Walker, but as he was known, Mysterious Walker. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, I like it. So, uh, just uh, kind of known as a multi-athlete at University of Chicago, um, played for the uh, Superbas, uh, which later became the Dodgers. Also played. Uh, in a, f- a federal league team, the Brooklyn Tip Tops, and in my mind, and our time machine, we're picking him up right after his last Tip Tops game. Yeah. So he'll be wearing his Tip Tops uniform uh, th- throughout this endeavor. Uh, and yeah, mostly mostly by by name alone, but I think I think also his his Wikipedia picture is is extremely eerie. Uh, yeah. But I want he Mysterious had- Walker, who was I think on this list six in. Um, walk percentage, by the way, so fitting for mysterious walker. Yeah, and also same same amount of walks as strikeouts, uh, thirty five and thirty five in nineteen thirteen. So I like it. So I'm going to um, read this uh, just a uh, little blip from a I think a local reporter. I forgot exactly where I got this. Um, yep. The big feature of this doubleheader was the work of the Iron Busher, who heaved in both games. In the first of ten innings, he allowed but seven <laughs> hits. And then the second of seven innings, six watts were made of him. Hash Mitchell, the mystery that came from nowhere to pitch four straight victories for the Seals. 
Everyone watched Mitchell in the hope that they might guess who he was looking at him, and while they were gazing, they saw some real spitball pitching that was remarkable for the amount of juice he used to deceive the local batsmen. In general, just old-timey baseball reporting. Uh, always always a joy. So It's so good, and some of those old headlines are great, too. Um, the uh, There's only two other names that I'm like, well, okay, just I'm just going to mention these, and these aren't the two that I was, but I just want to throw them out here in the same sort of Dan Heron vein. Brandon McCarthy and Brett Anderson. <laughs> yeah. like, like, kind of both in their own way. Like, um, you know, I guess... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to call the A's the California Penal League, but maybe that they're like they they both come from there, like you know indirectly or whatever. But um, okay, so, so the I other have, two, um, yeah, go ahead. I have one other that can kind of slot into either starter and or reliever, and then then I'm out of names. I have a few more reliever names if you want them, but I figured we kind of have enough at this point. But I have the, the main. Oh, go ahead. No, you go first. The main starter I wanted to add to the list was. Carlos Perez. Okay. And mostly because of the the ferocity with which he attacked a Gatorade jug. <laughs> and that we've all seen the clip um just going to town on it. Um so like he's there for me. The other the other name was like that uh, this was sort of a half-hearted uh addition. Dave Goltz, one of the two ill-fated free agent signings of 1980 with Don Stanhouse, both were terrible with the Dodgers. And like, it basically like scared them off free agency for until like the winter of 87, 88. And like, that was just a thing you could do back then because baseball was so weird. Like they're like, no, we're just, we don't, we're not doing free agency. Like that's, that's a thing. That's a thing that teams could choose. So like, uh, yeah, those are like the, the main names. Who who else you got? P Ridge day. Another entry in my the great best names. names on this. So P Ridge okay. Day. So a lot of these I picked the name. I'm like, aha, that's a funny name, but there's no other reason other than the name uh, to go for them. And and each time I was overwhelmed with how much of a character they were, which makes sense if you're going to earn a nickname. So P Ridge Day, just to give you an idea, his first sentence on his Wikipedia page is hmm. uh, Henry Clyde Day, also known as P Ridge Day, was a champion Arkansas hog collar and right-handed pitcher. <laughs> That's the first thing is hog collar. Yeah. So um, Al Lopez, who, hey, who's back, recounted a story about a 1931 exhibition game against the New York Yankees. The fans have been reading up about him being a champion hog collar, so they all started the, uh, calling, yip, yip, yee. He strikes out the first hitter, puts the ball and glove down, and lets out this call. He strikes out the next batter and does it again. Babe Roof was on deck, and he gets a kick out of it. He's laughing at this guy. Then he has Roof with two strikes. He gets real quiet. The fans are hoping he'll strike out Roof so he can yell again. On the third pitch, Roof hits one over a mile over the fence. Henry Clyde Day never did his hog call again. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, I, I think we have enough for a staff here, obviously. Oh, we do. No, I, we had to kind of so, throw him out there. So let's let's figure this now, out. So I, I think... Like I'm, I'm enthralled enough that Boom Boom Beck and the Serious Walker like have to go in. I think I, I I'm, I, I'm, I like to fight for Kazishi. Uh, so if those are three, like, I, I'd be okay with having like Dan Heron as the other guy. Are you married to any of the other ones over him, or like, would you is a staff of Ishi, 
Boom Boom, Dan Heron, and Mysterious <laughs> Walker like enough? Just a, um, yeah, I don't know. I because I I have definitely three in the dead ball ish era with really yeah. colorful histories. Um, and picking so, only two of yeah, the three so is we, tough. Right, but also probably more. Or I don't know. Fair is the right word, but like. Just like balancing it out a little bit. Oh no, bit. I, I like, completely agree. We should only be picking two. So so readers, read up on uh P Ridge Day, Mysterious Walker, and Boom Boom Beck, and you tell me uh which of those two you want to make this team. If I had to pick, I would go with uh P Ridge Day and Mysterious Walker, but mm-hmm. um the Boom Boom Beck story uh yeah. is, is maybe enough to to pencil me in. So we're really down to just one more reliever. Um, and to be noted, P. Ridge Day was mostly a reliever if we wanted to go there. But I have a laundry. I have a. I have three names to add into the the, the reliever list. So there there are two names I will fight for on the reliever list for the one spot. Um, so I uh, I would just want to note I I know I wrote down as people the list Bobby Castillo. I wrote down Brandon League just because of the comedy factor of somehow he started like a lot of spring trainings like ahead of Kenley Jansen on the depth chart at closer until like it wasn't. But um, the two names I mentioned one before, Ken Howell did not pitch in the 88 playoffs, but um, he has, excuse me, the most saves of anybody on this list with 31. Um, again, it's an 88 bias thing. I'm not that married to him, but like he's one of the two. I think by other like sort of really want him on is, is Yancy Browser? Yeah, he's on. He's on my list. <laughs> if, if only because in the old Dodger thoughts days, his nickname and there was a shirt that said "Game, Game Over" with a G H G H A M E, and I like. Well, I don't know about you. Isn't that just enough to have him on? <laughs> like, like I, especially with Joe Kelly. Now that's a volatile <laughs> pen, and like perfectly like fitting with this team so uh, but the only other name free. i had yeah. and i i joe kelly and yancy brosben was my relief uh yeah. was my pen and never really altered p ridge day i moved i had as a starter um brian wilson is the only other name i wanted to, uh, to throw into there it seems seems kind of fitting but at the same time it's really hard to to put him over joe kelly and brosben yeah the, the, you're right so the other name that i like was actually really good and like probably underrated was Luis Avilon. Mm-hmm. Like his his like strikeout rate was excellent, and like and he was generally really good at getting lefties out. But like you know, if we're making a real pen, sure. But like if we're just picking two guys on like a sort of a comical team, then no. Uh, but yeah, so I think I think we have our team. We'll, I'll put in the notes about the like sort of three for two stuff with. Yeah, uh, we have McGriff, two ties. I think that's Troy, great. We're great yeah. to hear back on on how we break yeah. these ties. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's that's our team, everybody. I like it. That was that's, that's a great team. I think. I I mean I would watch that movie. Like, <laughs> no, no question. <laughs> so now, do you want to break from Dodgers Rewind? I know you have one getting to go, but we are uh, a little over. Up to you. Um, I'll just mention him because he's on this list. Um, the reason I, I I was looking through old baseball cards and I'm like he has to be on this zero, zero to one war list. And um, it's Rafael Bornegal, um, who was he was drafted in the Do- by the Dodgers in 1992 out of Florida State in the 19th round. He made his debut in 92. He played for parts of three seasons. 
He had negative war. Um, he was a defensive shortstop. Um, he actually, I forgot this in 94, the Dodgers um, sent Jose Offerman down after like two, two and a half full seasons in the majors. They were like, he was not hitting at all. And they brought up uh, Bornegal to start like the rest of the season. He started the last 40 games before the strike hit. I'll just note this from the LA Times. Uh, Bill Russell, then a coach, said even though he hit at Albuquerque, and Bornegal did he hit 332. He never really hit otherwise. We didn't bring Bornegal here for his bat. He can go get the ball with the rest with the best of them. But then if you look at it, his like it's just um, total runs or total zone rating on Baseball Reference. His numbers were almost as bad as Offerman's defensively. But Offerman like <laughs> led the majors in errors for like two straight years. Um, so like he had the rep. But like um, the one thing I'll note, just so I can ask you a trivia question, uh, Bornegal in the minors hit one home run before he was called up to the majors in 525 games, almost 2,000 plate appearances. With the Dodgers, he hit zero home runs in 58 games and 172 plate appearances. That is the 93rd most plate appearances with zero home runs in the franchise. Can you um, name the Dodger with zero home runs and the most plate appearances? Prob- no. No. Can I not? <laughs> yeah. So, the I will say this. Is he the, on our list? <laughs> ooh, no. Oh, then probably no, because not. Because the, the, the actual answer is a Hall of Famer. I'll give you three answers because... These are all unique in their own right. Um, Don Sutton. I, I almost asked. You, you have been going on a yeah. streak of discluding pitchers from hitting questions yeah. like this. So I think I had that locked in my mind. Uh, otherwise, yeah. I, I might have been able to get there. Hershiser is 6, 798. He never hit a home run with the Dodgers. Um, Johnny Cooney was an uh, outfielder uh, in the 30s and 40s. 1,075 plate appearances. He had zero. Jamie Carroll was the most recent example. Two full years. Uh, 924 plate appearances, no home runs, but he was actually productive in those mm-hmm. two years. So, like, interesting. But yeah, I just thought that was that was fun. Um, yeah, th- that's that's our trivia for that. Well, it's time to end the show with with Dean's Craig. We love them. Five-ish questions from Craig. Uh, we're, we're skipping one, and we'll explain why. Um, uh, when we get there. But the first question, we're not skipping. The first thing I ever stood in line to see was the premiere of The Empire Strikes Back in 1980. I recall my friends and I stood in two lines, the first to buy the tickets and then the second to get in, probably the 10 p.m. show at the old Avco Theater. I wanted to know what, what do you remember as the first concert, movie, or anything else you stood in line to see? Do you have one that comes to mind? I have a very vague memory of staying in line, and um, my another example of my parents having to fill in details. Uh, by the way, my mom has sent me proof. We, there was two games, uh, uh, a Kings game and a Dodgers game, that we weren't sure when ah. they were. My mom clued me in, if you're curious. Uh, I'll, nice. I'll tweet about yeah. it. Um, but um, uh, being in line at the El Capitan, it was the uh, first movie release here's a trivia question for you eric uh disney bought the el capitan theater i believe in 1991 or two um do you know the first movie played at the el capitan after disney bought it trying to think of the timing of it uh i'll give you a hint you you don't it's not animated if that's any 
I wasn't going to choose animated. I thought about it, but is it Mrs. Doubtfire? It is not. Uh, it was 1991. I just I just checked. Um, uh, it, the reopening was in 91, I should say. I think they bought it a little earlier than that. Yeah. Um, the movie was The Rocketeer. Mm. So I, I don't know, like, if it was... I doubt it was the premiere at the El Capitan, but it had to have been fairly early on because I remember there was definitely a line and I got pulled out by a film crew. I was Ooh. five at the time and I got pulled oh, out by like a, like a PSA. Like they were interviewing yes. me for a PSA. Uh, and the question I remember very specifically, it was, do you think drinking is good? Uh, and <laughs> I'm a five-year-old, so I don't know. And my parents both don't, uh, drink very much at all um yeah. i think drinking is drinking water not drinking alcohol so i say yeah <laughs> sure i love drinking um and they were la- and i didn't a, understand what what you the- would have been a meme today that been, <laughs> how great would that have been so um uh, if that counts that's it yeah that's my pick i like it so i, I i'm having trouble coming at this i'm a person i i hate like waiting in line for anything like uh like anything, if there if there's like a long line at the drive-through in and out, nah, I'll just come back, you know. <laughs> no, not, but like, uh, probably growing up, uh, went to more movies with lines. The one, okay, so I will say this: um, the thing that's funny about this is just generally, like in the '80s, to get tickets to like concerts and even some sporting events, the best or the one of the main ways to go was like to Sears and like May Company, and they had like. It was like Ticketron yeah. and Ticketmaster back then. Yeah. And like, so that was a thing where you would actually wait in line and you like, especially for like concerts. I wasn't, a, I didn't go to concerts as a kid, but my brothers did. And I just remember like, um, that was a, th- a major thing. Um, the one thing that I can sort of remember, like that was like an event movie that I went to. And it, I was probably way too young for this. So it was like eight or nine. Um, when Jaws 3D came out, um, <laughs> And I'm I'm certain I went with like my my it was at my dad's, and I think it was one of like um, my stepsister I think, uh, who have like I've not like caught up with and or maybe I don't know if it was stepsister honestly I can't remember who who I went with I can't remember who I went with but um, I'm just trying to think of this like there had to be a line for that because it was a huge thing it was also in 3D where we had the old like paper 3d glasses and but that was a gruesome movie and i didn't it did not sit well with me <laughs> like just uh nightmare wise but yeah the, i think i've waited in line for that but other than that i can't really think of many things i've waited in line for the second question is a simpsons question and he's um essentially asking us to draft best episodes um which you and I have already come up with as a show idea. So we're, we're going to shelve that question because, you know, yep. this thing's not going anywhere for a while. We're going to have to have uh, more stuff to talk about. You and I, both lover of The Simpsons, might have a guest or two that we'll bring in for that episode, still thinking about that. So sometime soon, you and I will do the great big Simpsons episode draft, um, and we'll answer that question then. Nice. The lowest total for a hits leader for a decade since 1900 was 15, um, 1,578 hits by, uh, <laughs> um, how do I say this? Lou Boudreau. Lou Boudreau, uh, from 1940 to 1949. The second lowest total was uh, 1,695 hits by Robinson Cano in the last 10 seasons. Do you think the leading total for this upcoming decade will be higher than both of those totals? 
So I was looking at this and like, it's hard to like get hits on. Uh, Ozzy it's really Albies hard dead. to get hits when baseball yeah, is shut when down. There's, when there's no <laughs> games, right? Yeah. It just in a in a normal situation, Ozzy Albies led the majors last year with 189 hits. That's a low total to like lead the majors. He's only 23 this year. He's averaged 178 hits the last two years. Francisco Lindor averaged 178 over the last four. He's a volume hit guy. He's 26. So like even if they put up that for 10 years, you know, that's obviously 1780. Um, I think you're hard pressed. Obviously, we're losing probably a half a season in 2020. Um, plus, people get hurt. You can't really project for 10 years or whatever. I think uh, that said, I think the total will be somewhere in between those two uh, numbers, given this sort of weird season, uh, truncated season. But I think there's enough young talent that might do it. Like uh, Ronald Acuna had 175 hits last year in his first full year. He's only 22. He could be a volume guy. Um, so I think in a normal time, you might see someone get like 1,700 or more. But like if you just lop off that half a season, that's what makes it difficult. So, yeah, um, I, I, I would I would say somewhere in between those two numbers. How many plate appearances in innings pitch this year would make a batting title and ERA champion legitimate in your eyes? Bill Matlock had 320 plate appearances in 1981 when he led the NL with a 341 average. Nolan Ryan pitched 149 innings in the 110 games played by the Astros that year. Ryan led the NL um, with a 169 ERA. Of course, Fernando had 192 innings pitched and 25 game pitched um, all starts that year. Valenzuela would finish with a 248 ERA and his Cy Young and Rookie of the Year afterwards. So uh, the ultimate question here is how short or long of a season uh does that barrier kind of get crossed for you so like i think we talked about this before in terms of like legitimacy of a season and it probably has to be at least half of a season like 81 games but honestly like the the limits are generally fine because they're also tied to the games played so it's not like like everyone's under the same sort of um you know rubric or whatever so like with with uh with batting it's 3.1 plate appearances per team game over 162 that's 502 plate appearances and obviously it's less if if there's 100 games it's uh 310 plate appearances so that's pretty low but i i'm generally okay with that like i think it, i think it really does depend on like and when just just ranking on how someone did the season and worthy of accolades yeah. i think it's a fairly low threshold where you run a little dangerous is does someone hit 400? Uh, and at that oh, point, right. you're like, well, yeah. you know, or anytime you sort of the asterisks come out is when it becomes an all time, when you start ranking that season against other seasons, as long yeah. as you're internal within the season or just in general of how can we think this person is uh, sort of as a, as a quality player, I have no problem it being kind of lower than that. Yeah. And the only other thing I'll say about pitching, cause that's an inning per team game to qualify there's some Sam Miller a few years back uh, wrote I think for Baseball Prospectus about how we should probably lower the threshold for ERA qualifying for the ERA title because baseball itself doesn't ask as much of its starters these days um, either you know pitching less uh, uh, deep into games pitching less often 
um, taking some breaks throughout the season, I guess, in the case of the Dodgers, who seem to you know utilize that uh, the injured list for rest, things like that. So I'll just point this out. So last year, um, 62 pitchers uh, in the majors qualified for the ERA title. Um, 76 pitchers had 150 innings and 89 had 140. If you just look back five years ago, 2014, um, 89 pitchers qualified for the, that's the same number of pitchers that had 140 innings last year in 2009, 79, uh, batters qualified for the ERA title. That's the same number that had 150. So I think in a general sense, if you, if you lowered the requirement to like 150, 150 innings in a normal season, and then just obviously adjust it for, um, you know, like a truncated season, I, I would be okay with that going forward, but just generally how it stands inning per game, as long as everybody gets under the same sort of thing, that's, that's generally fine with me. A quick throwback for the last question. You know who would fit really well in this era? Yeah. Mysterious Walker. I have another <laughs> quote for you. Uh, Mysterious Walker, uh, Fred Walker, also known as Mysterious Mitchell, who is pitching for Brooklyn, appears to be a perfectly good top-notcher for about four innings. After that, well, he hasn't won in any laurels as a stayer. My God. That, well, A, that's just great writing. And B, he is perfect. He, he'd be like, he's a 2020 Dodger, in my opinion. Here we go. Mysterious yeah. Walker. Uh, I'm. We need to bring back phrases like "top notcher" and uh, uh, "stare." stare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I love it. Final question. It's warming up now. If you were to buy a pint of your favorite ice cream right now, would it be something classic like vanilla, chocolate, or strawberry? A swirl of something like caramel or praline in vanilla, or maybe something with chunks of cookie dough. So I was thinking about this the other day. I, I make running lists on my notes app in my phone. For groceries or like if I'm planning meals, I because um, some it like no matter where I am, I usually have my phone and I'll just jot something down like oh just remember to get this at the store, and then by the time I go and since I've been going to the store every like two weeks or so, like it ends up being a pretty big list. Um, but the last like week or so, I've been really craving ice cream, um, and so I, I'm gonna be very I'm gonna go to the store later this week and I'm gonna be very mad if I forget to buy it. Um, but I'm, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get mint chip for certain. Um, the other kind that I would consider would be strawberry. Um, but yeah, mint chip is the one for me, and that's the one I'm thinking about, and I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> so yeah, that, so hopefully by the time you listen to this, I'll be eating mint chip ice cream. I uh, it depends on what, how what Craig's going for here. Um, I love a really, really good vanilla sweet rose creamery uh, in Los Angeles, Santa Monica. Uh, has mm-hmm. an incredibly good vanilla, um, but if it's just a vanilla, vanilla, I'll, I'll usually pass on it. If I'm at like a more artisanal ice cream shop, I actually usually look for what sorbets they have, and if they have either a lemon, a lime, or a berry sorbet, um, that will often be my pick. But if I'm going for a pint that I can get easily in an ice cream uh, out here in Kansas uh, at a grocery store, I'm just going to go with uh, half-baked from Ben & Jerry's. I like it. Uh, I was considering, if I'm going at a grocery store, I, I, I might, instead of getting the um, maybe the store brand, if I'm getting strawberry, I, I would like to get the whatever the kind is that they, they have, like, chunks of strawberry in it. That's also good. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I just wanted to note also, in addition to ice cream, I have on my list popsicles and specifically <laughs> the sugar-free tropical fruit kind. Um, I like that flavor the best. So, yeah, I got a sweet tooth right now, and it's all I can think about. Well, go get you some ice cream. I, I had cookies and milk uh, during our breaks today, so I don't need it. Am I, I am satiated there. Uh, listeners, give us feedback on our major league team. Uh, this was probably the most fun I had preparing for an episode in a long time. So this this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think we have a really solid team. I think I would watch this movie for sure. Listeners, help us break the tie in a couple of these spots. But we have a pretty solid team as it is. And while we're thinking about this team, uh, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. 